Okay, so how are we going to do this, man? Uh, yeah, great, great question. What I just figured that uh, if you – do you have an intro riff or anything like that? Uh, welcome to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> it's R&B, God, God, God. There you go. Yeah. Okay, Got him. so um, – so I guess uh, we'll just start things off. I think uh, this would be uh, probably the, the easiest way to start things off. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, you know, who basically is our target audience for this, but, you know, <laughs> I mean, there are people that we would want to, to share this idea to, but then, you know, without right. necessarily knowing who's watching it, like, unlike when there's like a... a Live, live stream mm-hmm. you kind of know who's watching but then for this one it's like it's out there and whoever's gonna listen they're gonna listen so <laughs> this is how we're gonna start <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great uh yeah so i mean we just so kind of talk and go through yeah. the things and then mm-hmm. and then the uh, move into kind of yeah. the what jesus means to me type questions yeah. Yeah, and then uh, so okay, so uh, basically, forever for everyone who's listening to this podcast, this is the R and B Godcast, and I'm Robbie, and and I am Brad. <laughs> that was smooth. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, so what we're doing is uh, we're just sharing ideas um, from you know from very similar and very different backgrounds. So I think uh, th- that's what makes this uh, this conversation, this regular series of conversations, just I don't know. It's pretty fun. It's been a really fun couple of years for us, and uh, it's a missed opportunity to have like a recording of those uh, uh, seven years worth. Of <laughs> <laughs> Very true. T- of talking smack <laughs> towards <laughs> other people. <laughs> that's right. Well, and I think it's so important, especially as we consider what it means to, to minister for Christ and love, especially young people for Christ. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's really important to have those different perspectives over yeah. time and what works and what doesn't work, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a, and I think that's also like, you know, having these kinds of conversations, like, you know, there are those people who are like heavily, it's heavily um, academic and that's great. Like there's like people who are made for those. And there's like those that are, you know, just uh, plain nonsense. And and there's also an audience for that. So I guess uh, for this one, it's like we're trying to see if we could have some form of middle ground uh, wherein we do talk about stuff that we think matter to like certain people. But then at the same time, you know, uh, not make it too serious at the same time. Like it's not... um, uh, we yeah we do take these issues seriously, but then, you know how like it's it's um, there has to be a, a level of humanity <laughs> at some point <laughs> in our conversation. So, you know it's a uh, so that this would be all ultimately be relatable to those, to those who are listening. So, uh, yeah. So this is a this is the R and B Godcast. So happy listening. <laughs> so for for yeah. <laughs> for this evening, uh, Mr. Bradley. What are we talking about tonight? 
Well, we had discussed opening up with probably what's most important to both of us, which is Mm -hmm. who is Jesus Christ? And I Mm -hmm. think as we we come to thinking about how we do youth ministry and any ministry, really, how we serve Christ has to do with how we know Christ, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, And and that's really what we're bringing to others, right? I mean, we're not... (laughs) We're not uh, we're not just talking about how we can do people good in in a more generic term by, you know, showing them love and caring for them. Although we do that as well, right? In mm-hmm. our ministries, um, ultimately we're trying to bring them to the source. So, as we get off, what are your first thoughts when someone asks you uh, who Jesus is or what's he about? I mean, I know that uh, what was his name? Oh, it was uh, Jim Gaffigan said. You know, the funny thing is, anybody starts talking about Jesus and everyone gets uncomfortable. It doesn't matter. You can walk <laughs> up to the Pope and say, "Hey, Pope, have you talked about? Have you heard about my my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ?" And he'll get all freaked out and like, "Ah, get away from me, you weirdo." Um, <laughs> that's, that's so true. I mean, I, yeah, I've grown up in church my whole life, and it's mm-hmm. always like uncomfortable for me to talk mm-hmm. about like. And, and and I feel bad about it because, like, I've grown up with my dad being a pastor and, uh, you know, my family being involved in church my whole life. And then when someone come up, comes up to me and talks to me about, you know, and, like, says, oh, you know, uh, have you met our Lord Jesus Christ? And automatically I'd be like, eh, let's not talk about that. Like, <laughs> it's, it's so, I don't know, like, I feel like, you know, you know that, like, that hot feeling down the back of your neck? Mm-hmm. Like, it, like sweat, like cold sweat, just like goes yeah. down. Like, oh, if we're talking about this in public, like, can we like be like normal people and do this over the phone, <laughs> <laughs> or in the privacy of a meeting? Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. So, and, so yeah, and I think that's important because what we realize is is that Jesus is the most important. He's the centerpiece of human history, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he's. He's far too important to be brought up in the same light of like, hey, would you like a free chicken nugget? Take this flyer. Like whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. that we, I think we intuitively and even the world intuitively recognizes that talking about Jesus really is a subject of intimacy. It, oh, it, yeah. It's something that something that you don't discuss with strangers, mm. you know, or like rather mm. shouldn't say you don't or you can't or you, even that you shouldn't, but it's mm-hmm. difficult to, right? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's so important and it's so central to who mm-hmm. we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for me as a teacher, one thing that I, what you know, I've been I've been hoping um, for how long how long my career has been. Um, one thing that I've always wanted was to be like able to share my faith mm-hmm. without feeling like I'm being too forward about it, and and then like I mean, there I don't get it. I don't get how. I have a, a, a very sensitive threshold on what I think might be comfortable for my students when it comes to talking about Jesus Christ. But when talking about other things and other like weird hobbies that I have, then I'm pretty open and I'm, I'm so easy to talk to. But when it comes to this, it's like, yeah, sure, I do. I go to church. I'm active in church. But then like, and that's it. And then, then like, I, I would feel a bit uncomfortable and I feel like, oh, I'm, I'm offending you. I'm offending your time. I'm taking too much of your time. And this might not be something that you want to listen. And I'm afraid if I open this up, then I'd lose the opportunity to come up with a good relationship with you because this is a pretty boring thing. And you might, you know, your image of me might be ruined. So like, there's so many, you know, I, there's so many um, unproven consequences that I would assume would happen whenever I try to share Jesus Christ to other people, especially to my students. And I feel like that's such a wasted opportunity for me to share to like kids that 
you know, look up to me from, from the very beginning. So, I mean, you know, I think that's one of the things that really I feel like um, is, uh, is pretty sad about how we are in terms of like talking about our relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, and you, you bring up a great point. So there's always the, and I always think this is fascinating, right? When we think, when we think about, and we talk about Jesus and imagine we'll eventually get around mm-hmm. to really who Jesus is to us. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. when you think about that, I know between you and I, right? Jesus is the most important person in our life. He's the center of our existence. You know, mm-hmm. we talk about Christ the center. He is the center of it. Mm-hmm. He's the motivation for all of mm-hmm. it for us. And yet, um, for some reason, like you said, it's it's harder to open up and share. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. And one of them is obviously we um, don't want to offend someone and make it harder for them to consider Christ in the future. Because yeah, yeah. we've all been offended by someone who mm-hmm. was either doofy or rude or, you know, <laughs> right. And then there's all the cults that are out yeah, there yeah. running around spreading lies mm-hmm. in Jesus name. And we don't need to name names, but the point being there's, there's a huge negative press campaign going yeah. against Jesus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know, and, one thing, one thing that also like, it's kind of weird from my end. It's like, I am in no way uh, <laughs> saying that you guys should like, look up to these cults or whatever. But when you think about it, these guys who are so aggressive with sharing what they believe in and, you know, telling it to other people, it kind of makes you think like what, what's in their belief system or what's in how they believe those things that makes them so pumped up and ready to share what they you know feel knowing that like, of course, I'm pretty sure that a lot of them know that society thinks they're a cult or like society, mm doesn't see them as you know legitimate or you know they might i'm pretty sure a lot of people have ignored them uh in the first place so why are they so you know why are they so so happy and so excited to share and why isn't that present in christianity why do we seem to be so shy about this Mm. well and i think it's it's a both i think there's two answers at least in my perspective mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. first answer is is that once you've been kind of called a cult and put out you know called the weirdo or mm-hmm. whatever it is then all yeah. of a sudden it's no holds barred right like oh, yeah. fine i'm a weirdo no matter what then i'm going to be an out, as most outstanding mm-hmm. and alienating a weirdo as i possibly yeah. can be mm-hmm, so that's mm-hmm. on the positive side i think that we as christians could recognize that trying to get esteemed by the world or find mm-hmm you know, approval from the world, mm-hmm. we would ha- have the positive aspect of that boldness. But yeah, on the yeah. negative negative side, I, I do th- believe that all cults that I've ever been uh, attached to or, or inter- interviewed or looked into, mm-hmm. they always run on motivation by fear or Ooh. motivation of promise. So essentially it's, you have to get out there and blah, blah, blah. You have to get out there and share that. You have to get out there and knock yeah. on doors or yeah. else, right? And oh, that's so- interesting. So there's a legalism behind it that, I mean, goodness, if, if you could find a passage in the Bible that said, if you don't go out there and knock, knock on doors, you're going to hell. Mm. You and I'd be out there together knocking on doors, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And since the cults are um, actually against the biblical record, right? They're mm. just strictly controlled by a certain person or group of people. Mm. Um, they tend to manipulate people, both in their finances mm-hmm. and in mm. so, so anyway, but your point's well taken. Like mm. the at least um, if we if we truly consistently are excited to share. But I think that really gets to the heart of it. I yeah. think part of the reason why we don't share is that a lot of the time we in our walk with Christ let Jesus become humdrum. 
normal. Yeah, yeah. You know, just mm-hmm. just my daily devotion. It's just going to church. It's just mm-hmm. going to young life, whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. Um, and, I, and that actually leads me to, because um, I listed down um, what I thought. <laughs> I was like, okay, so how am I going to uh, tackle this question? But then um, one of the first thing that I wrote down um, about what does Christ mean to me was the first thing that I used to think, like from the very beginning, it was like as a child, how did, how, what does Christ mean to me? And I wrote here, he used to be a chore. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's pretty true with a lot of like kids who grew up in church. Like we call them PKs here, uh, Mm -hmm. pastor's kids. So uh, like a lot of pastor's kids, uh, Christ and Jesus Christ and who he symbolizes and, and who he is and his person and, and, and basically the Bible and everything, anything related to the church would seem like a chore. Something mm-hmm. that it's like, oh man, it's Sunday and I got to wake up early. My dad's going to preach and, you know, it's going to be stuffy and it's really hot. So, you know, it's, a, it's something that I did not enjoy as a kid. I mean, yeah, sure. Um, you know, uh, Sunday school was fun, but mm-hmm. the whole idea of going to church is like, I'd rather not. And on, day, and on Sundays where we don't go to church because either someone is sick or you know just something happens then it's like oh man this is a one in a million chance that i can go to church and so yeah i think um from what you said how like it becomes humdrum uh it then becomes like for me as someone who's grown up in that kind of environment initially um before i actually met him he he I knew him by face, if if that makes sense. I think I know him mm-hmm. like on like in my head. I have an image of him and who he is, but then there's no emotional, spiritual attachment to that image. It's like, yeah, I know that guy, but we're not friends. You know, it's like <laughs> so that that kind <laughs> of like relationship. And you know, I, I was quite the 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 Bible trivia whiz when I was a younger <laughs> when I was a young kid. Uh, but mm-hmm. now it's like I'm, I, I'm more active in church, but I know less <laughs> of the <laughs> of the specific trivia in the Bible now. So, but I do know the gist. <laughs> like I, I kind I know it. Like I know the meaning by heart. It's just like it's a different take now. It's a different kind of relationship that I have with him right now. So that's the first thing I wrote, and I'm I'm so glad you brought that up because like you know that's exactly how I feel. Felt sorry. That's exactly mm-hmm. how I felt when I was younger. Mm. Well, and really, right, what it sounds like you're describing to me is the movement from religion to relationship, Mm. the movement from like, yeah, I come here because my family goes here. Mm -hmm. It's part Mm -hmm. of it's part of being a Yasi or being a master, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or um, I go here because I I go to church because it's the right thing to do. Or Mm -hmm. I go to church because I think it makes God happy. And yeah keep me from getting like God's judgment or something on my life. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. and, and it's kind of funny, right? We mentioned like, okay, so what made church fun? And I think this is for most of us uh, apart from knowing Christ. Well, it's, it, it might be fun to hang out with friends occasionally. It might be fun to, you know, like you said, do Sunday school or be good at Bible trivia, like feel like mm. you're better or good at something, right? Just mm. good at something. Um, but once you really learn and fall in love with Christ, then you become infectious and you want to be around others who want to know Jesus too. Yeah. And I think that's most important because as we go forward in this, uh, in the R&B Godcast, we <laughs> will be tempted, I think, to spend a lot of time, or at least give a decent amount of time, to tips and tricks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 
oh, so, you know, have you ever tried this with your club? Have you ever tried this with your youth <laughs> ministry? Have you ever tried, you know, this is a great way to meet kids, which there's nothing wrong with tips mm-hmm, and tricks mm-hmm. and tools. Yeah. But if you're not infectiously in love with Jesus mm. Christ, you got to get out of the game. Oh, yeah. That's, that's I mean, exactly true. That's so true. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I was a volunteer leader for Young Life for like, um, even before I recognized like having an actual relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, I, I say that I received Christ when I was a young kid, but um, I, I didn't feel like I actually had a, a, a working relationship with him. It was all just him loving me. And I never truly loved him until like I was like college, I guess. Uh, and, um, and so, so, so the next thing I wrote here, was that I, so it was, it's really interesting when you said like um, how, you know, people would go to church out of fear because like, you know, how like, it's not, the people don't go to church because they love going to church and like, you know, like they, they love Christ and they just want to spend more time with him and, you know, with his people and with his brother, with their brothers and sisters. But it's more like, it's either I want to go to heaven, which is, totally cool or Mm. i don't want to or i don't want to go to hell which is a totally bad place so Mm -hmm. it's not even about having a relationship with god anymore but more like you know having um either avoiding consequence or getting a reward and i think Mm. you know that 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 for me is a is it's it it's a breeding place for a lot of problems and a lot Mm. of like um, uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of issues along the way. So. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's, it's self-absorbed, right? Yeah. All yeah. Of, all of a sudden it's just about what do I get or what do I avoid? Yeah, I whether that's, and that is, we know, right. That's clearly not the motivation that God is looking for us. Don't mm. get me wrong. I think there's a great value in people understanding the eternal consequence of hell yeah, and, yeah. and, and letting that inform their decision. Mm. But the central point uh, of it is clearly understanding God's love. And it makes me think of, uh, of Romans uh, 5, 6 through 11, which says, uh, for when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's us, right? Mm. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Mm. Much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Mm. And of course it goes on. But I think that's what it really clicks in is when we find out that God isn't up there like a businessman or a salesman or a CEO offering us two options. And he's like, hey, take the good option because you're not done. You're not a fool, are you? But rather, he is the God who loved us at the expense of the life of his own son, right? Mm. If that's not exciting, I can't imagine what is, right? Yeah. The God of the universe who loved us and demonstrated that love for mm. us by dying to save us, to pay for our sins on the cross, that is a love that every day and day in and day out, and it's really a criminal uh, mm. reality that we ever let that be humdrum, mm. but we do, right? So mm. why do you think, why do we do that? Why do we allow God's love to become just, you know, a, a silent background factor in our mm. lives? Yeah, I think uh, that also says a lot about like how people tend to treat relationships wherein they they're being served the love you know <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so like oh like oh this this girl likes me so much and 
and she's completely devoted to me. And then people end up often, you know, the, the, the sinfulness of humanity, just people end up abusing those that are devoted to them. And, mm. um, it's, and I think that's also quite reflective of how we treat our relationship with Jesus Christ, even to a bigger, you know, extent considering, you know, this is a, a promise being broken day after day after day. And then like people just, you know, end up um, forgetting about him and, and even giving the credit to other things as well. So, you know, the, the, and there's this really, uh, I just remember this, this like story that someone told me about, I read somewhere how like there's this guy and uh, he's on a date, like he's really fancy, he's with like really nice uh, suit and he was like just sitting on a table in a fancy restaurant, really expensive. And then he, and it's a table for two. And then he's like, he kept, he kept on ordering like coffee and refills and refills because he's waiting for his date all the way like from, and, and, and uh, all the way from like 6 PM to like closing time of the restaurant. And then he, as he goes up, the, the waiter's like, aren't you tired of this? Like, you know, it's a, you've been sitting here every day from opening till closing, just waiting for someone, you know, won't arrive. I mean, we all know that person's never going to arrive. And then, and then the guy who, you know, is Jesus saying like, you know, it's, it's worth it. It's a, uh, mm. I'm just, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for them to, to at least go on a date. And, and, and I think that's the, the idea of, of him loving us first, even before we were sinners, even before we came into like existence, that's like, uh, that is the epitome of unconditional love. There is no mm. condition as to, in order for us to get his love, he loves us period. And mm. it's just, you know, it's amazing. And it's a waste how we just neglect it. And like, like you have it and like that's the true love that all of us have been looking for in these fancy movies and these like sappy songs <laughs> the kind of love that you guys are pining over is right there in front of you and it's existed even before you were born mm. so that's <laughs> you know christ to me um is ideally someone that i should be devoted to as well because they love me as for even you know regardless of how i look and regardless of, of my uh, my income or regardless of who my family is there's no mm. condition as to whether or not and even like to some extent like you know other issues that we could be talking about like other things that people think oh you know if you're like this or if you're like that then the lord will stop loving you no no no, no. even if you're like that or even if you're like uh uh even if you're, you have these like, you know, sinful lifestyles or whatever, the Lord will still love you. And, mm. and there is no condition for him to ever stop loving you. So yeah, mm. that's, uh, that, that for me is. <laughs> well, no, that's, that's beautiful. And then actually really, again, so important because I, I, one of the things is one of the, I call it the mom factor and mm -hmm. the mom factor is, when you uh, go to work or go to school, rather, you're, you know, as a young child, a third, fourth, fifth grader, mm -hmm. and for whatever reason, the kids are mean to you, or they say they point out whatever your flaws are, your faults. And yeah. so you come home and, and you say, oh, or, or, you know, mom, I, I just had a terrible day. The kids made fun of me. Nobody likes me at school. And what, what does mom say? Well, 
I love you. And then <laughs> the kid inevitably says, well, you don't count. You're my mom. You have to love me. Right. <laughs> and um, that it's really, really fascinating. Right. Because even, you know, as you go forward in life, it's not the, the would be one or lost affection or approval of your mm. peers that matters. Mm-mm. The love of your mom brings you through life, right? Yeah, it's yeah. the most important force. But as a young kid who is faced with the possibility of, you know, like uh, of the approval or affection or the fame or popularity, whatever mm. it is that we think we want, in light of that, we're likely to uh, devalue or unintentionally devalue or at least ignore the value mm. of what really matters, right? Mm-mm. And I think that's really part of the enemy's scheme is yeah. to make us value things that don't have value mm. and devalue or, or distrust or whatever, not yeah, devalue the, the things that truly are valuable. Yeah. And in yeah. that is God's love. So how is, how is the enemy going to keep us from, uh, from understanding the great love of God and our need for that love over and above any other, other, you know, source of approval or affection? Well, it's by continually barraging us with messages about how mm. ultimate happiness comes in that happy, sappy, romantic, or ultimate affection comes in the form mm. of, you know, being the life of the party or whatever mm. it is. So it, it, it seems to me again, that your, your, your illustration is so powerful and so important. Uh, it, it highlights how much we need to accept mm. the reality that God's unconditional love for us really is the lifeline of mm. our days and nights. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, I don't know, it's a, and I wrote here actually on my paper, um, what is a quote unquote sincere relationship though? And then I wrote here, uh, why do I sometimes feel like my prayers are insincere? Like there's no heartache, like quote unquote heartache that makes a prayer feel quote unquote passionate. So I think Mm. um, that's also, I think, indicative of, there are certain points in my life where I feel so distant from, from God. And I've, I've gone so far from where we were in our relationship that like, you know, um, it's just, it, it feels like I'm forcing myself to love something that I, my sinful nature has constantly told me, no, just, you know, forget about that. That's, that's like background noise. Don't need to listen to that. But then like, mm. you feel it, like, you know, like, Ah, oh, this is real. This is real love. But then, it's it, it's a it's a I guess you know your heart being calloused. If if you know, there's no better way to explain it. And for you, what do you think? Because um, I think you know, I, I I need I wanted to know your opinion on what you think a sincere relationship like from from the from the sinner's point of view, like from my end to Jesus Christ. What do you think would it take? Or what kind of standards, I guess, would it take for me to have a sincere relationship with him? And and what an interesting question, because, you know, we know that our hearts are are easily deceived and that we're confused. In fact, sin has caused such separation Mm -hmm. in our own ideas and our own thinking and and what we're good at and what we're we're like. Excuse Mm -hmm. me. That I believe that when we first understand, to whatever degree we do, the love of Jesus Christ— Mm. that it is 
only a shadow. I was reading The Princess Bride by William Goldman, which is mm. just a hilarious and wonderful book. And um, <laughs> I wish I'd brought the quote along, but since I just <laughs> thought of it now. Uh, so Buttercup finds out whether they're still kind of living on the farm that she loves Wesley. And she goes mm. through this wonderful, hilarious speech about, I love you so much. I loved you so much at 11 o'clock last night that I couldn't sleep. But then I realized at 12 o'clock last night that I couldn't even, I didn't even love you at 11 o'clock last night because I loved you so much more at 12 o'clock than I did at 11 o'clock. <laughs> and now I I loved you 20 minutes ago, ha only half as much, not even half as much as, um, <laughs> as I do now. And so she's just describing this kind of growing wow. sense of abiding love is beautiful <laughs> in terms of how hilarious it is in, in the context of the book. But I do think that that is one of the hallmarks of an authentic and growing relationship with Christ mm. is that it is growing. I mean, it's mm -hmm. kind of funny in our spiritual adolescence, we'll have this tendency to think, oh, well, mm -hmm. when I first became a Christian, I really didn't get it. And it's like, yeah, that's the point. Mm -hmm. When we first get, you know, enter into a relationship with Christ, we're just finding out who he is. Mm -hmm. And it's really not that dissimilar from uh, something in, in the Chronicles of Narnia when uh, Lucy encounters Aslan again, you know, later on after she'd had several encounters with him in the, in a previous book, yeah, yeah. she says, Aslan, you've grown. And he said, no, 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 you've grown. Mm. You will find me larger every moment you grow. I mean, mm. heavily paraphrased, of course. And so to me, that is probably one of the biggest marks of authenticity that you find mm. is an ever growing preoccupation. Now, mm. if it, if a person said, you know, say, in fact, any of us will at certain times fall away or our love will grow cold uh, for mm. our time uh, for whatever reason, right? And, and, and mm. that's a learning experience too as we grow mm. closer to Christ. But um, yeah. but yeah, I'd say that's my, that would be what I look for is do I love Christ more mm. and am I more affected by, am I more blown away by his love more today than I was mm. yesterday yeah. or more this year yeah. last year? Um, so that's, <laughs> and, that's and, and I think the, the beauty of it as well is like when you're when you have on one end an infinite amount of love towards you then there's no limit to the growth that your love can grow right mm. to if because you're chasing something you're you're trying to like oh <clears throat> but wouldn't there be a time like that I'll out love God how can you out love you know, God, when in the love that he offers you is unconditional and unlimited. And, you know, it's like, it's something that you just can't compete against. It's just something that you, mm. you know, mathematically speaking, you're, you rise towards it to where like, uh, like an asymptote, like it's, it's never going to touch. It's never going to be at the same level, but it's just mm. like, it's, it's going to be like, it's heading there. And then you'll see how much you'll grow once you take a step back. Like, oh, wow. Compared to before I've, yeah, you're, you're right. I've grown so much and, and the love that I have is grown. And, and I, I'm, I'm really thankful that you talked about that. Like how, how sincerity in relationships can be seen and are ought to be seen and how you as a person grow from that, especially when it's with, with your savior, who's like, mm. he doesn't need to grow. He's already unlimited. He's already infinite. He's already like omniscient. Mm. All, how about you? Like, are you growing or are you, mm. you know, getting bigger? Are you <laughs> growing in love or, you know, are you making him smaller and smaller to fit your size? 
So (laughs) that's it. (laughs) What a fantastic statement because I really do believe that most people, I just, I'm so glad you said that. There's such a, a, a reality that there are those who through their Bible study, and again, I, I believe very strongly that you're not going to grow closer to Christ without encountering him through his word, without encountering mm. through prayer, without encountering him through fellowship in church. Mm. All of those things are necessary ways to encounter Jesus, just like the ways to encounter, you know, your, mm. your spouse or your friend is to, you know, share meals together and talk mm. together and listen to each other and watch what they do. Um, but it is interesting that we can meet with God through those venues and try to shrink him, like you said, down to our size, mm, mm. Try, to, try to know more about him instead of knowing him more. And I mm. believe there are many people who, after years of you know, completing good Bible studies and getting good ideas, they've got a very concrete, finite, closed up, <laughs> shut down idea yeah. of who God is. They've mm. shrunk God down to fit inside their mind or their perception. <laughs> And, uh, and what, I think I heard her saying, like, when you think you've got God figured out, you don't. <laughs> like, you don't. <laughs> That's right. You're, exa- you're, you're in the wrong place. You're the exact opposite of, of where you're supposed to be. Right. Right. And it's not that we don't know God. We must know mm. God in a yeah, relational yeah. term. This isn't mm. a, I mean, that's the ma- one of the major heresies of Islam is that they come maintain the idea that God is unknowable, whereas Christianity presents that God is relationable, yeah. relational and mm. knowable and loves us and wants mm. us to, in, like designed us, created us to interact mm. with him mm-hmm. and to be in relationship with him. And it's so mm. critical that we, uh, that we take advantage of that and recognize that just yeah. as, I mean, as we grow in our relationships, you even think about, you know, how you looked at your dad, or how you look at your father when you're, mm. um, two or three years old, like you're two, three, four, five years old. Your dad is like, God, your dad's like a superhero. He's amazing. He's unbelievable. And then you get mm-hmm. to being eight years old and your dad's like the one who you're trying to maybe beat at uh, board games or card games mm. or sports, <laughs> but he, you'll never catch up. And then 13 or 14, you start to see dad's uh, dad's not perfect. Dad's a little <laughs> bit goofed up. Mm. And then 18, 19 come around and you know, you you might totally have, in a sense, lost confidence. Dad's totally fallen from his superhero godlike position. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then you get past that into your adulthood and you realize, man, my dad's amazing. Mm. Like the things he had to go through when he had to deal with this, he didn't, mm. you know, str- he, he pushed through. So the point that I'm driving at is not, uh, is, is really only to say that we can't even know a person fully because we're yeah. so limited by our mm by our perspectives and scopes. So exactly. how much less God, right? We <laughs> exactly. should, we're going to be move. The further in we go, the bigger we find that he is. And the bigger we mm. find that he is, the more we're um, overjoyed and yeah. mystified because we find that all of him <clears throat> loves us. Yeah. <clears throat> the more and you, the more you know about Christ, the less, you know, like, you know, like the more, you know, it's the more, you know, that you, the, there's, you know, nothing <laughs> basically like it's it. And then, and, and what's yeah, great that's about right. it, and what's great about it is like, and from what you said, it's like, it's not, it's not a bad thing that you know a, a le, like you know, you know less of what you, of what you thought you knew before, like you know in terms of like relatively the amount. But then like it's more like, it doesn't discourage you. It's not supposed to discourage you, but rather it's supposed to like 
give you a sense of excitement and a sense of wonder, like, what else can I discover about my God? What else can I discover about this guy who loves me? You know, how, how else can he change my life? You know, that like, there's so many more adventures, so many more angles that, that could totally happen in your life. And, and you just have not discovered it yet. And it's what makes, I feel like it's what also drives people to have a stronger and stronger relationship in the end, if that's how they take it. But if like, oh, you know, uh, there, it, I remember talking to someone like he doesn't like he doesn't like to have a relationship with Christ because he's he, he, he's not able to understand him and it doesn't fit into his own personal logic. And in my mind, it's like, what kind of mm. God do you look for? A God that can fit in your box or a God that can over like the box doesn't even exist. It's just, <laughs> it, you know, he, he created the box in the first place. So, you know, it's a it really is it's um it's it's amazing to think of of how much more there is to learn about god and how you know they he fits into my life at the same time it's also it's kind of scary to some extent like oh like what else does the lord have for me in the future but at the same time like there's an excitement it's like it's i'm scared but i'm excited you know so <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I think we should be, right? I mean, just as, you know, sitting next to the bigness of the ocean or yeah. uh, looking out and thinking about like floating through the inky blackness of space, mm-hmm. recognizing mm-hmm. we're so small in light of the hugeness of this, and yet uh, that God is attentive to us should come with a sense of, of uh, and fear. I think that's why the Bible uses the phrase, the fear of the Lord, not that we're meant to be afraid because mm-hmm. First John tells us perfect love casts out all fear, but that we're meant to recognize his mm. immensity, his eternality mm. against mm. our smallness and our finite nature. Does, uh, the, and, does and, the fear, like, for me, this is a personal question, but like, is, uh, is fear of God, like how the context of when they say the fear of God, is it more like a form of like submission, like mm. to his authority? Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, so... I, I think that there's a, I think there's a large element of that. And, and when I talk about the fear of the Lord, um, I, I really relate it to the idea of humility. And that is mm-hmm. that the fear of the Lord is knowing who God is and knowing who we are in relationship to him. So if we understand who God is as the creator, the sovereign of the universe, as mm-hmm. the uh, benevolent lover of our soul, as our savior, as the one who designed this world and how it would work and how we're meant to work within it. Mm. then we are, of course, going to, with an awe-filled and reverent respect, say, whatever you say, Lord, is right. Mm. Whatever you say in your word, whatever you say and, and to have dictated to be the case is the case, whether I perceive it, understand it, or see it or not. Mm. So I do think it has an element of obedience, but not the kind of obedience like, oh, I'm so scared that God's going to hit me if I don't. Mm-mm, mm-mm. The kind of obedience that comes from like, wait a minute, no, our, fa- our heavenly father truly knows best mm. in every situation, whether or not it works out immediately in our favor mm. or not, mm-hmm. or not. So, and, and I also think like, uh, and I think that's a great segue to the last thing I wrote here about mm-hmm. like, what does Christ mean to me? And I wrote here, um, there are changes in my behavior when Christ is focal in my life. And mm. it exactly ties in. It like it's it's right. It fits right into when you say obedience. And mm. for me, like having that true relationship with Jesus Christ, that sincere relationship with Jesus Christ, 
the obedience no longer becomes that of a chore like when i was when i was younger but more like it's an outpour a manifestation of how much like oh i feel this amount of love in me because christ loves me and i know how much he loves me and i know that uh, all that he has done for me he's given his life for me and i want to share with other people because this is the good news that i want to share to other people so i think like it, it, there's a lot of stuff that changes and not just like evangelism and like in a sense of evangelism, but more like in a sense of like, you, you have clear lines as to what glorifies your one true love, you know, mm. like, mm-hmm. for example, like uh, I wrote here, Oh, cursing. Um, so whenever, like before, whenever I'm with like people that I feel very, comfortable with because i'm in the world <laughs> with them and I've, i'm in the sink with worldly ways then just like bad horrible stuff comes out of my mouth mm. and um but when i'm with when and when i spend more time with people from young life or people from church people who are have a relationship with jesus christ then my my language becomes different and i mm. i don't feel the need to say those bad stuff and it, it no longer becomes part of my vocabulary. And it's so quick. Like, you know, it's a, mm. I've grown up uh, being told not to say these bad stuff. So I was like, oh, I avoided it. Cause it's like, I grew up with it. I was, it was pretty conditional for me. Um, but like when, once I moved into like after college, I started saying those bad stuff and it's like, you know, it started becoming bad. My vocabulary became bad. And then, like, I know it's pretty petty, like, cursing compared to other stuff. But, like, this, like, the, 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 the how drastic the change is for me is, like, fascinating. It's, like, riveting for me to see how much my language changes when I'm with people that I know um, exude God's love. And I could, like, you know, I know that God is present in me uh, in my life. And I'm, I'm, he is focal in my decisions in life. So. And, and then and it drives how I speak, even to the point of what words I say, the Lord is in the middle of that. So mm. I think that's amazing. When I love how you highlighted, like when my focus is on the Lord, my behaviors necessarily change, not necessarily mm. perfectly, not right away, but it, yeah. it's really in keeping with Galatians five sixteen, which says, I say, then walk in the spirit mm. and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the lust mm. of the uh, flesh, lust against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another mm. so that you do not do the things that you wish, but you are led by this. Mm-hmm. If you are led by the spirit, you're not under law. And so really what I hear you saying, and, and I completely agree or concur with the idea is that man-made religion will always go the other way it'll mm. say don't swear, don't say bad words or don't lust after people or don't be angry or don't mm. be greedy or whatever it is mm. um and then you will please god mm. and that's the opposite of what the bible tells us it really mm. says mm. walk by means of the spirit walk in moment by moment focus and reliance upon god mm-hmm. in, informed by his word and then you're not going to fulfill the lust of the flesh mm. And it's important that if we confuse or if we confound the consequence with the cause mm. and try to use the consequence to bring about the cause, we'll mm. never get it right, right? Yeah. Like if you yeah. if you all of a sudden go to the store and, and buy apples and somehow expect them to, you know, to, to bring forth a tree on your lawn, <laughs> right? Like well, I keep buying apples and I keep not having a tree on my yeah. lawn. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> if you want more apples, you got to plant the apple, yeah. grow the tree, and then the, the fruit comes forth from the tree. Mm. So 
this reality that um, when we focus on our sins and we focus on ourselves, it's really not that dissimilar from what we said before. Like loving Christ because uh, we're afraid of hell or we want heaven is different mm. than understanding how loved we are by Christ mm. and then responding uh, to that. So similarly, right, that, that understanding of once we understand, once, we, once we're focused on him, we will just naturally bring forth the character of him, which is why, you know, just a few verses down in Galatians 5, he moves to, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Again, such things, there is no law. His point is those things grow forth naturally, like fruit, mm-hmm. when you are grounded in Christ. Yeah. So um, rather than focus on ourselves and like a, a tally list of sins, mm-hmm. right? Where we need to focus on, am I really looking to Christ at this time? Yeah. So <laughs> very powerful, very powerful stuff. Yeah. So it's a, you know, th- that simple question, what does Christ mean to me? The one thing that I did notice about that is like, what does Christ mean to me? It made me question like, it made me start answering the question from the beginning of my life. Like, mm. what did what did Christ mean to me when I was younger? Like, mm. what did Christ mean to me when I was a teenager? What did Christ mean to me now that I'm older, that I'm, I'm an adult? So, like, mm. it's a... It, and it also tells me the growth and the journey that I've had with him. And it's still mm. continuing to be a journey. And it also made me conscious of, like, what does Christ mean to me now? Like, you know, it's a, it's a great question to ask every single day because it can mm. change. Like it, it changes day after day. What does Christ mean to you today? What does Christ mean to you tomorrow? You know, even like what does Christ mean to you this morning and compared to at night? So mm. this uh, question involves not just uh, a step back and a, and, a, and a, a refresher and a review of what your life has been, but it's also a reflection on the current status and the ever-changing relationship that you have with him. And, you know, same, similar with how relationships are with other people, your relationship with Jesus Christ is not like, it's not going to remain the same forever. It's not going to flatline. It's going to change day after day. But at the same time, you know, if it's actually a sincere relationship, yes, there are going to be stumbles along the way. But in the end, is there growth in the love? Is there growth mm. in, in how and how much you've you've you're devoted and, and and submitted into that relationship? So, you know, it's a it's a, such an amazing question. I'm I'm really glad you decided to use this the first, as the first one. <laughs> it really sets things off like oh, okay this is the first thing we've got to talk about let's let's cover the bases and then like let's start things off and yeah this is where we are <laughs> <laughs> well it's just so important to keep christ as the in the primary place in all mm-hmm. of our ministries because the minute he falls out then we're just doing works then we're just yeah. you know waving our arms out in the out in the wind we're not mm-hmm. doing anything of true value anymore and mm-hmm. uh, i guess for me I know it's a it's well familiar verse, but I, I would abjure everyone in our audience to to just heed the words of John three sixteen. You know, for mm. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. The mm. purpose, the the the, the centerpiece, if you like, is the re- remembrance that God loved you 
so much that he gave Jesus Christ who died on a cross to pay the penalty for your sin and my sin mm. so that we might be restored to that relationship to him. And the response that God demands or wants mm. is faith. He wants mm. us to trust in that sacrifice and will never perish, but have as a result everlasting life, eternal life, which is defined later on in John, in John 17, as knowing him. Mm. Life is knowing him anything apart from knowing and growing in the knowledge of him is less than life mm. it's hollow it's shallow so mm. um i i guess uh, as we consider all of as our ministry and hopefully our listeners consider their ministries just keep coming back to the lord jesus christ and yeah. his love for you mm. you can't go wrong there so yeah so that uh that, yeah. <laughs> that com- completes our time i imagine oh, yeah that that um that i guess is a it's not it's not a, a, a full answer to the question because i'm there are <laughs> like i mean everyone has their own answer to this kind of question but hopefully mm. you this question would you know allow our listeners assuming there are <laughs> there are listeners um <laughs> to like reflect on what mm. does christ mean to them personally because this question, we can't answer this for you. This has to be answered by you. Because, again, we're not living your life. This mm. is between you and Jesus Christ. And, mm-hmm. and that's what also makes it a lot beautiful. Because every relationship mm. between the person and Jesus Christ is a unique relationship exclusive to that person. And it's amazing how God loves us and his, his love is unconditional and his love is unique uniquely ours <laughs> yes and uh, if you are able uh, to to reach out and ask any questions that you'd like us to discuss in the future mm-hmm. uh, that would be wonderful also please share your thoughts on on what yeah. uh, jesus means to you if we have any that seem especially pro- profound we'd love to uh, perhaps share them on, mm. in a future episode um, yeah. if you are watching or listening on spotify or apple podcasts or however mm-hmm. it is please um, rate and and um, leave a comment in the comment section about uh, <laughs> what we, it is should we make up with like a should we make a, a an email address for this like yeah we probably R&B should godcast at gmail.com i'll try to work on that so if you do have any questions just i guess we, yeah we could probably make one like yeah rnb rnb godcast at gmail.com but if someone already took that then we'll let you know that's right but uh but yeah reach out and let 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 us know what you think uh what is jesus and as far as what does jesus mean to you and what is uh christ and knowing christ and growing in your knowledge of christ uh how does that help you grow and and serve the lord so um yeah thank you for joining us for this episode i'm really glad that we could go along and thank you robbie for taking the initiative and making this happen it's been oh this is a this is a a brotherly endeavor man this is (laughs) is you and me and jesus christ most of all so amen Amen. see you guys uh next time uh thanks for listening this has been robbie and this has been brad (laughs) bye-bye (laughs) bye-bye